As you're listening to the following music selections, adjust the volume, bass, and treble controls to suit your tastes. Welcome to Android's Dungeon on CFRU 93.3 FM, broadcasting out of the University of Guelph, Guelph, Ontario campus. This is a show about books, movies, games, music, whatever happened to us as we walked into our studios, or perhaps whatever happened to us as we were sitting in the kitchen right before, literally <laughs> right before sitting down to record an episode, which is, of course, live, live studio audience. Yeah. Uh, so one of our anonymous fans wanted to know if making chili involved, you know, chopping up ingredients and putting them in a pot to boil for a while. One of our uh, handsome, erudite, uh, just generally all-rounded, great people. Yeah, one of our favorite fans. So I'm going to give you a rundown on on the two the two chilies I'm making right now, which oh is maybe God. why it looks complicated. So Alex, good friend of the show, maybe, um, was slated to make a chili for our office tomorrow in the chili contest. And uh, came down with some sickness today. Down with the sickness. (laughs) (laughs) And and couldn't do it. So um, I told him I'd make his chili for him. So I'm making his chili. This feels... I don't know. (laughs) I would have just not made a chili. (laughs) Yeah, but we're a little skint on chili, and I can see a whole bunch of hungry people showing up with bowls tomorrow, and there's oh, not enough chili. Oh, my, for them my heart. My heart. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I thought it'd be funny to submit two chilies, one, one as Alex and one as myself, and see who wins. Um, <laughs> which is assuming a lot. I, I probably won't, but... You, um, you have to label them as chili A and chili B, or... I'm hedging uh, my odds. But you got to do like the, the, the Pepsi challenge here to see where people go on them. It's the only <laughs> way to be sure. Blindfold chili test. Yeah. Um, so his is sort of your more traditional chili. So um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take, a, I took a whole bunch of gre- ingredients and I just basically just chopped them in half and threw them on a pan, salt, pepper, uh, oil, and, and just put them on like 450 and put them on 450 for half an hour. Just really burn the crap out of them. Okay. Get a nice. They they don't really burn. They they get smoky, right? They get okay. black black on the outside. And then you take most of that, and you just throw it through a blender with a bunch of orange juice, or you know, throw in some limes, more salt, whatever. Okay. Some seasoning. And then you throw that in like that that mash up into a pot. You add your meat, your maybe a few other veggies that are still whole so it has some texture. And then you let that cook like overnight. So that's okay. Alex's basic uh we'll call it a ancho chili chili because I threw some ancho chilies in there too. I know and what then, type of chilies are those? Um they're not really spicy but they're a little bit spicier than a bell pepper. And they're like used in a lot of Mexican food because they have this very sort of um, hearty taste to them. What kind of pepper is it again? Ancho, A N C H O. Oh, does that have anything to do with anchovies, or am I crazy? 
Maybe. Maybe it's an ingredient. Although, no, anchovies are a fish. It is a dry, type of dried chili pepper commonly used in Mexican and southwestern U.S. So I guess ancho means that it's it's been dried, and it probably comes from some other pepper that we know of. All right, fine. Poblanos, I think. Anyway, they have a mild heat, and I just happened to have a bag of them. So <laughs> it was like kind of one of those kitchen sink things. I was like, eh, you know, I haven't used these. But that's what, that's what makes chili so nice is that you really do just kind of, it, as long as you're not going insane, you just chuck in as much stuff as you, you kind of think is reasonable and you just, you go. It's the flavor, it's the, the stewing, it's the, the chili is one of the greatest foods of all time. And yeah. Joel, when it was, it's funny because Joel went out west, he fled back home like a coward. And when he left, he had a bunch of frozen chili stuff that uh, he, in this freezer that he offloaded, and we, t- we took a ton of it. And uh, it took us a while to get through them, but uh, it was a lovely treat whenever we did dip into it. And uh, I just... It's, oh, you it's mean a- like the pre-made chili and I had frozen it? Yeah, I forgot about that. How yeah. was it? It was delicious. It was great. And uh, I think when you're up at the cottage in... Uh, was it summer or was it the fall when you guys came down? I'm trying to remember. My time means nothing to me at this point. It's very difficult to pinpoint things. It was right when we arrived, like this last visit. That would have was been it October, the end of October. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think I did. I make. I'm pretty sure I made a chili then, or I had it already made, and we had mm. maybe had some. But uh, I was That's really pleased with thing, that nice one. Too. Thing about chili is just lasts forever. Yeah. Anyway, my um, kitchen looks like a massive war zone, and I won't bore you with the details of the taco soup. It's taco soup. It's got corn and other stuff that doesn't normally go into chilies, like shredded chicken. Okay. I don't know. When people start putting chicken and turkey into chilies, I, I get my back up against the wall, because I'd almost rather have a vegetarian chili at that point. There's just <laughs> something about the the type of meat that it is that bugs me. It's I can't quite pinpoint it could be a texture thing it's like my same issue with pulled pork and that it's i don't mind it but it's not my favorite thing because it's usually just too mushy versus if you have a ground beef it you expect it to be that sort of texture and it's very fatty too so it adds a nice flavor but i don't know maybe it's just too lean maybe that's my issue you got to give mine a try man it's delicious and then you when you're done with it or like when you're done you pour make yourself the bowl you put on nacho chips sour cream cheddar cheese and av and uh what did i miss avocado and and that all goes on top and then you kind of just like take little bits of it along with it oh it's it's divine yeah all right well it sounds fantastic and i'm very curious to see how the the chili cook-off goes at the office tomorrow well in 2015 i got second with it and i know i lost some votes because they said it wasn't real chili (laughs) but i'm just sticking with it who 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 who, what's the definition of chili then i don't know (laughs) okay (laughs) that was my sense of radio edit (laughs) okay I appreciate it. You know, it saves me having to go back and pinpoint when I have to cut stuff for editing. So I, I really do appreciate it. Android's Dungeon is a show about chili, not even recipes, but uh, advice. I, uh, I just, my thing, I just like it to be spicy enough, and I like putting yellow mustard on top of it to give it that weird sort of, mm. you know, that little tang 
it's it's like, I like almost a bit of a, a sweet, spicy, tangy chili. I don't need to melt my face off, but I do like a bit of heat. That's that's my whole thing. Doesn't have to be magical. Just <laughs> just let me have Enough some flavor. Kick. Yeah. But that's a problem with spice. Everything you you put in something that's perfect for uh, four people, and another three people say it's too spicy. Another three people say there's nothing. So what are you yeah. gonna do? Well, last time I think I told you, but Rob Varga had a legendarily inedible spicy chili on purpose, and so now he's got like. it on the side this time. Nice. Which is basically like, why not just make a regular chili and then put a bottle of like ghost oh, pepper, uh, Asperst or 3000 next to it and just be like, yeah, th- this is my chili. Flavor it yourself. You know, that the whole point of it is that when, when you go, let's, let's look at it this way. If you went to a restaurant and uh, like, let's say this is going to be a broad example, but let's say you ordered uh, a steak. And the it the it came out completely unseasoned. The meat. <laughs> and and they just put and the chef gave you the option to scoop a bunch of like ketchup on it or something. <laughs> how, like how mad would you be? Imagine if like all the seasoning was on the side. All the seasoning's on the side. It's up to you to determine your own seasoning. That's not the point. The point is I wanted your take on the seasoning that was supposedly balanced yeah. and tasted because supposedly a you're professional that you know what you're doing. And obviously I'm not trying to say these people are professionals. If anything, they're not and they 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 will be judged in the afterlife, uh, but <laughs> harshly, and only God can forgive. And <laughs> unfortunately, he want to. <laughs> <laughs> he's sick of it. He's been doing it for years. He's fresh out of for sorry. So <laughs> it's, it's just all bubble gum from now on. What's that? All, all bubble, bubble gum. gum all bubble. Oh yeah, there we go. <laughs> Joel, what have you been playing recently? Uh, loaded up the the old Baldur's Gate three again. We're playing a bit of that, and I can give you a little Bloodborne update. Yeah, let's go through it. Where this is the computer game edition because I have a feeling that uh, beyond uh, a catch up for me and the second half of the show, there will be very little board games to discuss. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, not really any board games over here except for putting board games back away after my son tears them out of the boxes. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> Quick, Quicks is sadly low on dice. Uh, at oh, jeez. But, but the good thing about dice, and especially six-sided dice, is they're kind of plentiful. Pretty sure we can... Uh, I'm pretty sure if we just had one sheet from Quicks, we could probably remake the whole game. Because that's really all you're buying, because dice and erasable markers are dime a dozen. Well, Kale's got this uh, game called Tensi. Uh, downstairs which is uh, I think ostensibly just a sheet of rules and a ton of uh, six-sided dice of different colors that I think you could yeah, there you go. easily whip up if you felt like it but uh, d6s are in no short supply <laughs> yeah we got a fair bit yeah um, anyway uh, let me tell you about Bloodborne this is okay. a game <laughs> no, I'm just kidding Jack, Jack, <laughs> go Jack, on. Next week. Um, so I, I've dealt with the um, three little ghosts. What, what do you call them? The shadow the sh- of Yarnum. Yarnum. Yep. They're um, they call them the three stooges, now. I think. <laughs> the three stooges. Yeah, it was funny. In the end, the Candlewick guy was the last one left, and he ended up just getting stuck in a corner and stunlocked. So. Oh. Well, that's actually there's, there's a there's a move that people you they can do with I don't know if it's a candle guy they save for the end, but 
If you hit him with just a regular attack, he does this thing where he'll always dodge to the side. And if you just don't go crazy, you hit him once, he dodges. Hit him once, you know he what? dodges. Hit him I once, did, he dodges. I did that one time. Yeah. Because it took me an embarrassingly amount of times to kill this guy or these guys. Um, and these one time I thought I had messed it up. But what had happened was I was out of stamina. So I could do a single it. And if you're out of stamina, the timing is perfect on that guy. That's mm. what I recommend. If anybody wants to kill Candlewick in the Bloodwick, <laughs> make, make sure you're out of stamina because as soon as your stamina recharges enough for one attack, he will dodge and you'll perfectly just put him in a kill cycle. Yeah, that's what people do with the for like if they're doing a, a type of a challenge run or a uh, um, there, there's somebody did a run this madman. This is a bit digression here. He's he's got a good YouTube channel. I don't I think he's Dutch. And he'll do all these bizarre runs in Dark Souls and Bloodborne. And he did a stamina-less run in Bloodborne. And, uh, oh, whoa. Yeah. So, so what, it just automatically drains it? Or how do you do anything? I think it's all uh, using his gun. And uh, just and not, he can't do any attack that or do anything that would drop oh, his stamina. Oh, he can't spend stamina. So he can't yeah, exactly. run. He can't dodge. Yeah. So it's, it's, his, <laughs> it's a challenge run. <laughs> There's some true, like, insane... Like, you go to YouTube, you can see people playing video games in the most incredible way. And the, I especially the like, like the Super Mario 64 speed. Oh, the 64 has been... Yeah. It's insane how busted people have broken. Like, beating yeah. Mario 64 without pressing A. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> what the hell? The people, if you're speedrunning the game, and this is why I don't like glitch speedruns, because... Uh, you can and you can skip the entire fight completely and just bypass like because there's this way to yeah. like clip through the side of the map and just go um, and do some goofy stuff. So it's that's not as entertaining. I like seeing people beat the boss as fast as possible. Anyway, please. Well, I'm on to um, what do you call him? Tom the Spider or something like that. <laughs> Tom, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> It's something sim- single syllable like that, like uh, it's, nom or mom or rom, 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 rom com. That's what I call them. Rom com. Yeah, rom com gives is me trouble. Actually, it's pretty easy, but I'm assuming there's harder phases to come. But I, f- I fought him once and uh, didn't know there was going to be some magic ice falling from the sky, and that just was just a one hit for me. So yeah, that's it's where I'm out for him. It's that you, that area is so cool, but it's a shame it's so. Um so short i wish it was more developed but uh, the npc is more deadly than the boss i think that's uh, like luke lurking around the university oh the the chick on the top floor yeah well yeah. i i still had a or i i i was like why why is there a bell like just after a boss <laughs> so i rang it just out of curiosity so i still had that guy with me so oh you're using the npc uh yeah yeah I, used one of my uh madnesses or whatever it's called oh my insights insight and, yeah. and i had a buddy with me so it was actually a pretty fun, easy fight i haven't gone back i know that um what's her name isofka Yoska, yeah yeah i uh i went and died to her once so i have to go back and finish her off i haven't killed the lightning dog so i got some work to do oh no i'm not sure Wait, i don't yosuka's got yosuka's the the she's the an npc at the very first house you leave if you go back, you'll find that there's somebody else there now. And uh, oh, it's, it's not her that's upstairs. Uh, I guess I'm messing up the lore a bit. Because you yeah. you know you 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 find that tunnel uh, when you're in the woods that leads you all the way back up, and then there's like another yeah. gate, and then you get to the top. Somebody's in there. Is that's not her? 
if you're going back to the beginning, the very, very first place, there's some... So if you tried to go back to the door, um, if you go there initially, you'll get some some their blood vials, vials from her. And if you go back later on, you'll find that there's a different person there pretending to be Yoska. And uh, if you go back inside, there's no one to fight. There's just some weird monsters in there. And uh, there's a very important item that you get from uh, off of her and just lying around. Wait, so when you say weird monster, does it, it just, just dressed up like a person in a... Uh, in a medical outfit that hits you with a sword? No, no, there, there's no attack. So I'm not sure. We might be talking about very different things here. Yeah. So basically, you 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 go back to the very beginning. Yeah, but like you have like a back door now, and you can yep. get all the way to the top. Yeah. When I get to the top, top, she's talking to me the whole way as I'm coming in, and she's like, "Well, you know, we've always had this deal with hunters where hunters bring me the people, and then I treat them." And yeah. I've, I've never fought a hunter before. And I go up in there, and then she tries to kill me. Oh, interesting. Maybe you've done it earlier than I ever do it, because it, the way that it always happens for me is whenever I get back there, like, because you, it's the door is normally locked, and then you loop around, and when you go back inside, there's a bunch of, again, weird-looking monsters that if you don't know what I'm talking about, you don't know what I'm talking about, and the and then you come across her, and she's basically incapacitated on a stretcher, just like saying gibberish and you can kill her oh, for she's very an item. much alive and well right now okay <laughs> and she's pretty tough All right. although you know it's just it's just an NBC. like no probably anyway lightning dog is really <laughs> giving me the most trouble so far he's uh remember attack i know the i gotta i know yeah i know i gotta stay under him but he moves so far every time he sidesteps that i keep getting lost yeah fair enough and that's one of the problems with these bosses in these games they've never fixed it is you get in these fights and you can't see what's going on and <laughs> yeah. and the you're relying on the the auto aim and occasionally it breaks and when an enemy's doing something you're just kind of you're you're going off muscle memory more than anything just hoping you're dodging the right way but yeah mad dash i feel kind of bad for the bosses because i get you know it's like the it's like the thing with the red riding hood in the woods like i only need to get lucky once yeah <laughs> I <laughs> kill these bosses like, well, that's it. You're dead forever. I can come back as many times as I want. Good luck. Believe me, you stop caring after you've died 30 <laughs> times to one of them. It's like, it's like you've yeah. got lucky 30 times. You're, now your time's done. It's my turn. Absolutely. And it does make you feel godlike when you uh, just demolish them. But uh, if you really want to start to feel... Uh, uh, have you? Well, you, you would have come across this, but did you get told to go to a certain place and wait? uh to with the tonsil stone nope no idea what you're talking about Hmm. i did get dragged into that optional place which is like yeah that's what i'm talking about where the 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 thing grabbed you and then all of a sudden you disappear yeah yeah you end up in a prison but then you oh no no it's a different one no no there's there's another one (laughs) oh okay yeah nope not yet yeah yeah oh I, love the I really don't like. Is the guy in the cutscene that tells you the password when he says "Beware the blood" or whatever? Also, the guy that's really old and pointing you towards the lake. Yes, very good. Yeah, yeah. It's him and another character that you don't really. It, not until the DLC will you really encounter him. Got it. Yeah, good. Good for you. I gotta say, the lore is uh, is a bit over my head right now. But I get the general idea. 
It's there's you think you do, Joel? Really likes dealing with blood, and then there's some you old guys that do? are scientists. <laughs> there, and then yeah, like you said, like monsters on uh, weird monsters. I think are you talking? They have like blue heads. They, they they look like aliens. Yeah, so there's a bunch of them in like the end of the Forbidden Fort or the whatever. Yes, that's right. They're in the water. Yeah, yeah, or kind of around yeah. there, or in the. And, little... and I went down there, and I'm like, man, there's no way past this. This is stupid, and I I got stuck for a while because I thought it's... I was supposed to go that way because I killed them all. That area is kind of annoying, to be honest. Between the uh, the the snake balls, which are just annoying. Oh my and... god! Yeah. I just, just don't kind of... like snakes generally. I'm like, ooh, I don't like this area. <laughs> yeah, it's like people have the same reaction as spiders. I don't like. I don't like spiders in real life. I don't hate snakes in real life, but it's just in it. If there's ever a snake enemy, generally speaking, they're annoying. Snakes and dogs are the worst video game enemies ever conceived. It's they're usually just so obnoxious. Yeah, and unpredictable and unpredictable. They do goofy stuff and they're fast and weird. It's like, uh, I don't. I don't want. I just wish I had a flamethrower just to go through <laughs> yeah, like, that whole they're... thing. I would just go. There is a flame weapon. Did you get it from the uh, from the uh, the the white face, white masked guys? I don't remember. You know, honestly, I haven't looked at most of the stuff I've been given. Most of them aren't very good, so you're fine. And uh, I would just like you said, you said first round, do the cleaver, do the pistol. I did that. I got the the dual action pistol just for funsies. So I do two yeah. bullets, but who cares, right? They don't do much damage. I think it's like sixty. Yeah, you're not doing it for the damage. You're doing it for the parry. Yeah. Oh, it was a good parry. Actually, the parry was the way I ended up beating those dudes, too. It's really, it's been my bread and butter. That's really good, Joel. If you've got the timing down on that and you have the patience for it, that's, it's incredible. It's just so satisfying. It's, it's, <laughs> it's insanely like, oh. satisfying. And you're, and you're immune for the whole time that you're doing the visceral? like. Mm. It's And also, the, the game rewards you because I think it... I, I think with regular enemies too, is it pushes them back. Um, oh, yeah. In in the original Demon Souls, and I don't know about Dark Souls one, I could be wrong about that, but there was an issue where you do like the backstab or a parry, and enemies wouldn't be pushed away, so you'd be sitting there launching into this really cool attack, feeling like a god, and then somebody just swings at you with a regular programmed attack when you're just out of it, and you're you're basically stunned, and you just go ah. Why did I bother doing that? Which you could say, ooh, strategy, you shouldn't have done it then. So, that's not the get point. Good. I know. <laughs> yeah. It's so much not really get good and more like just die and figure out the pattern. <laughs> well, but that's it's all part of getting good. That's why it was always, you know, when we play these games the first time, like I went through Dark Souls 1 and it took me forever to understand that like you can dodge through attacks. I just had yeah. a shield and I, I didn't understand weight limits, so I was super heavy the entire time and I just blocking everything and it worked you can get through the game like that so that's a testament to that but in Bloodborne there's no choice you have to you have to understand dodging yeah you don't have to understand I hear, parrying I hear there is a shield oh no I have the shield I've never equipped it's it, garbage it's a it's joke absolutely useless yeah, yeah it's it's deliberately it's like that Kung Pao thing where it's like we, we trained him poorly as uh, on purpose <laughs> as a joke <laughs> we gave him a shield that's bad as a joke yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So, great. Bloodborne. What about Baldur's Gate? You're back on this because you have a friend out west who's you've tricked into buying early access games. Yeah, I'll keep it quick because I don't have much to say. But uh, Baldur's Gate's still a fantastic game. I've learned that my laptop is basically useless. Oh come on! Point. I thought it has. What's the GPU on it? I thought it's like a Ryzen. Uh, it not did, seven, yeah. but it had a nice Nvidia GPU that's just disappeared. What does that mean? So I'm assuming it's dead. 
I haven't opened up the laptop, but I, it's it's just as it's far as the be. computer goes, it does not recognize it at all. So it's using this Intel 630 oh, or something. No, 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 no. Absolute no. nightmare. When I it's run my board. task manager while I'm playing Baldur's Gate, it was, it was almost as bad with Gloomhaven. So when I'm running Baldur's Gate, I got three and a half gigs of memory, which is a lot, but, you know, I have 16, so whatever. Um but the GPU is at 100% constantly. You no, know, it's taken no. me four times as long to get anywhere as my out. It wasn't so bad when I was playing by myself. It was bad, but it, like at least I didn't feel bad. But now my allies like, "Are you coming? Are oh my you God. coming?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm just I'm, you know, I'm doing it. I'm clicking this thing. I'm giving them. I'm giving them like audible updates because my guy is just crawling along." But then once you get in a fight, it's not that bad because then it's turn-based and you know and you don't have to move that far. It's just I, moving around the map that's painful and Joel, you know, you, everything else. Have you tried this? Is because it's happened to me before. Have you made sure that it's actually because sometimes it it'll default to after an update or something to using an onboard graphics card versus no, it's your gone. discrete. I swear, it's absolutely. Okay. I've even like uh, jumped in the bias, tried to see what was there for and hardware. And Donnie detected like. Uh, uh, can't remember the hardware. There's something that you can run that just tells you all your hardware and how it's doing yeah. and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. It's just not there. It's just gone. I'll have to get something else. I think I, I got I, I got some ideas. Well, I was gonna say I've got one of these laptops is not working right now that uh, someone I know who's a dear friend uh, yeah. gave me, and uh, it's an Nvidia. It's a 1060, so you're welcome to Frankenstein it into yours if it fits. Oh, so. did your uh, your uh, R three fail eventually. Yes, one of them is no more. So, yeah, uh, I mean that's what they were notorious for. So I'm not too surprised. Like, oh, as far as I know, the GPU is fine. So you can like knock yourself I can out. Give it a try, but I'm, it, if it's not baked in, I'll, I'll open this up and take. It's it not. Away. It shouldn't be baked in. It's but that I'd be shocked if it was. It'd be but. weird. Yeah. Uh, and 1060 is. I think if you looked on the Steam stats, that's like the, the the most prevalent graphics card. That even though it's rapidly aging because they're planned obsolescence and all that, but whatever. Better, but Joel, it's got to be better because I saw you playing Gloomhaven. It was painful. It, yeah, and I, I don't usually yeah, care about know. that stuff, but it hurt me. So yeah. Well, that's good. Uh, yeah. So basically, that was the experience. I mean, we played twice. We're gonna play again tonight. But I actually uh, I remembered from when we played Tabletop Simulator that when I was playing on my screen, I think this was also an Alienware. Um, tabletop Simulator was choppy and crap, and I was I just chalked it up to the the interface Which then i bad. dragged it over to an ex like i think we were playing like 1830 or something and mm -hmm. maybe one of like 49 maybe yeah. and i dragged it over to my external display and it was like phew, night and day everything was lightning what? fast everything was working what? beautifully that doesn't make any sense it didn't i know and it's like maybe it just took a lot of the labor effort of rendering things off of the laptop i don't know so i tried that i i got a monitor from work because technically i should have a monitor at home yeah. i just never really bothered yeah. and uh didn't work it's it's marginally better but not really i can't believe it's any better i would have thought if anything it's worse because now you've you basically split the, the 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 processing towards two different displays so it's well, I, I, <laughs> I take it a step further and i close my laptop <laughs> just to try to <laughs> <laughs> that's I'm that's what I, was doing. I know i get it. it but it's good troubleshooting too and you never know so yeah. that's frustrating so what about you what have you been up to 
the uh, so I'll, I'll quickly I'll say two things and then um, see how much time we have left. The uh, I, I picked up something semi recently because if you know me and I think Joel and I have talked about this a little bit. I love my first person uh, dungeon crawlers specifically. The I think Legend of Grimrock uh, is like the, one and two are some of the greatest uh, CPRPGs. C C R P Gs can confirm out there, and they're just so fantastic. And it comes with map editors, so you can kind of do with what you want. And the the games themselves are just fantastic, just so so good. And I love everything about them. So I I've always been looking for it. And generally speaking, I'm not the only one. In fact, everyone is chasing that Grimrock high. And every now and then, you'll come across something that like looks close enough, and you, it gives gives you some hope. And one of these was something I guess I've had I had on my wish list for a while, and I get notification from Steam when stuff that you have on your wish list goes on sale. And this one did, and it's called Ruzar, R-U-Z-A-R, the Life Stone. And it is very similar to Grimrock, except it's decidedly lower budget, and um, it's there's no party, it's just you. Uh, but it feels very, very similar. You're you're crawling around these these this kind of wintry mountaintop area with a bunch of separate dungeons and there's secret doors and there's monsters um this one is it it's it's scratching the itch but the entire time you're playing it, you're just kind of it, you're constantly judging it or comparing it to grimrock and that's something that you don't want to yeah. do and it's there's some very good parts to it but the, it feels much weaker overall and it is it's a nice change of pace and something to play and it's easy to turn on turn off and kind of go through and it's got nice auto mapping and it's got the the dopamine hits from leveling up but it's just not as good and uh it, it's unfortunate that nothing has come close but it, it's an for what i paid for it and the brief amount of time i spent with it it's it's doing a fine job it's just again <clears throat> excuse me it, it's unfortunate that you hit that high watermark it's our high watermark so long ago because i think two came out was it like and it just makes you want to play Grimrock again, right? Yeah, yeah. Or you like can make you sit down like make you, some I did the exact custom. same thing the other like not too long ago, maybe two months ago. Mm -hmm. So uh, my sister's husband Matt is really into video games. He recommended this game, Chained Echoes, on the Switch. He said it's fantastic. If you liked Chrono Trigger, you're gonna love this game. Oh, here we go. <laughs> so I loaded up. And right away, I'm like, man, this is like exact. Like, this isn't. This isn't. Oh, Chrono Trigger was fun. This is fun. This is Chrono Trigger. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm playing it, and it's, it's just kind of like a. It's basically like a Chrono Trigger tribute. Yeah. Right. And if you were to go and watch like the, the the Gateful Dead or something, you know, you'd be like, well, this I'm is nice. You know, I enjoy all these songs, but. I would really prefer to listen to the original. Yeah. And it's the same. Like, if you're talking about Grimrock uh, and something, like, not quite the same, and then you, like, because it's so similar, you, you got you to gotta matter. It's the, this was the, the exact same similar experience for me. I played it for probably 20 hours, and I was like, this oh is my God. decent, but I just can't anymore. It's just too close to Chrono Trigger just makes me want to play Chrono Trigger. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm just like it looks beautiful. It looks like lovely pixel art and well, uh, nice interface, got. and uh, it's got to yeah. be. Yeah, it looks like a you know a end of generation PS1 game. So it's uh... yeah, exactly. And it is an indie uh, group. They had some weird stuff in it, which like I kind of appreciated. But you know how like 
like RPG music is always just like yeah. it's kind of nice but it's it's very so there were a couple events in the game like there was like a turtle race or something and all of a sudden they changed the music to like death metal <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just a, like dude, I was like what the hell what's going on there's a, there's a weird crossover between people who are into video game music and uh, launching into metal and to me it's like there's a time and a place like some some of these weirder like uh some of my beloved uh Shin Megami Tensei games do the metalish tracks for stuff but it kind of fits the the post apocalyptic uh j horror of it all but yeah. when you see it in like a cutesy snes game you kind of go oh, okay <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, exactly. it's fine i guess and you can see it's it says jrpg style but yeah, it's JRPG style by a German company. Right. Uh, developer uh, Matthias Linda. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it looks interesting. That's for sure. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, anyway, is that kind of generally sum up your experience with uh, what was the game name again? I missed it. Ruzar, R U Z A R, the Lifestone. Uh, and the last thing I'll say before a uh, musical break is. Um, I didn't get to talk about it last time, but uh, the previous week I did get to sit down with uh, uh, our friends, a friend of the show, Mark, and his fiancée, and we got to play 1882, which this will be the board game content for the show today. And uh, <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, 1882 is, can you believe it? It's an 18xx uh, train game, and this one is set in, uh, I guess you call it Midwestern Canada, Manitoba, Saskatchewan. And, uh, um, all right, Central Canada, excuse me. And, um, it's, it's an 1830 variant, which means you have a lot of the same things that kind of cross over between the two games. You have the same, uh, I believe, the same floats. It's full capitalization, as in, as soon as the company is floated at 60%, you get 100% or 10 times the par value into the coffers. Uh, but the gimmick of it is you got some different privates and there's some randomization with the one private, which is cool because as opposed to, let's say, 1830, where with the uh, Camden and Amboy, Amhoy, Amboy, Camden and Amhoy, yeah, uh, uh, CNA, where you, there's always, it's always going to have a share of the PRR. This one has a company that's going to have a randomized share in a company, which adds some nice variety. Um, and there's an, a company that doesn't have any home stations. It only uses these things called these neutral stations that every company has access to. Well, most companies have access to that uh, anyone can use. And if you're really worried about getting locked out or you want to make sure that your next company or a company uh, later on doesn't get blocked by your own tokening of your your crash and burn initial company, you can put a neutral down to make sure that you can always get through. And uh, it's got a brutal, brutal train rush. It's only $9,000 bank. It's limited, very limited uh, tile Ooh. selection. It looked and, like uh, like a quarter of an 18xx game from the map. It it's definitely feels smaller, but I think what's nice is that there there's some 18xx where the majority of the map never gets used, so it's like a waste of time in a sense. So in this, there's there's still probably going to be dead space that. Can it, you 1830? Yeah, eighteen thirty has got tons of dead space that you like. Maybe if the game goes a very strange direction, might get used. But generally speaking, it, it seems more interesting to me uh, to uh, just like how in Civ, you're, you're always going to be spreading. All these spaces are going to get used in some way or another, unless they're explicitly designed not to be used initially and maybe down the line. But I'm kind of defeating my own point when I say that. But the point is that it's nice to see a map where 
you could see something happening. I'm not saying 1882 that all the spots will pop out because I think the game is just fast enough that there's no reason for it. Um, but the, the the one last gimmick of it is there's the Northwest Rebellion, which is, uh, excuse me, for students of history, which is the the Louis Riel uh, rebellion oh, yeah. that took place. And it's an event that is randomly assigned after uh, a train phase that could be after the three train, four train, five train. I don't think after the six, but um, and at that point, there's all these sections on the map called the NWR. And at that point, all the yellow tiles in the NWR disappear. And if you're in that spot and you're relying on those routes and you just had yellow tiles that are unupgraded, you're SOL and you have to rebuild them. But it's it's not the worst. It's just designed to give you an extra little wrinkle to things because. You can lay a, uh, you can always lay two yellow tiles for an extra twenty bucks, which is very generous. Um, anyway, the the bottom line is, I love it. I absolutely love it, and I, I I'm curious because some people really, it seems like it's got this weird reputation amongst some of the diehard 18xx players because I think if you're the type of person that plays like a hundred of these a month, uh, you might be mad at 1882 for some reason. Maybe it doesn't have the depth that some of the others have, oh. but. It, as far as I can tell, it seems to. So far, I think I've played it. Um, I think only three times: once on, once digitally, and twice in person. But so far, after those three plays, I think I'd put it up there with. I might even put it before 18 Max in terms of accessibility, because Max is Max has some issues with the NDM and um, and the the single train buys that lasts until the uh, I think the first four train gets purchased. And that can kind of like the initial game can feel a little slow, and then after the four train goes, then the game can should just like launch itself into orbit. But so far, it feels like eighty two might end up being a more default um, oh, yeah. game to me at this point. Is it because so, it's like straightforward? Uh, yeah, I think because it's a little more straightforward, and it's it's it, the, I think your your the consequences of your choices are more apparent faster. And I'm not saying that the the consequences in eighteen max aren't apparent. But the because 82 is so fast and it has all the, the same end conditions as Max and that if, if for some reason a stock does hit the top right corner, the game ends. Uh, if somebody goes bankrupt, the game ends. If the bank breaks, the game ends. It has all the same stop levers. So, uh, so but yeah, it, like a lot of functions for a quick game too, which everyone's exactly. kind of pleased with once in a while. <laughs> well, and the other thing too is that it, it should play faster. It's always a nice thing to say. Like I always love saying that when I'm teaching Dune, and they say, "Well, how long is it going to take?" Uh, say, well, it maybe. could take twenty minutes if it ends in the first round. Mm-hmm. Well, just like <laughs> you know, Premier, right? You say that one about your uh, 1880. Is it 82? 82. No, but it, it won't end in that fast. Could end, you could end in half an hour if. Uh, I would say goes if, if somebody goes bank, <laughs> like if people are playing very quickly and fast and not thinking too hard about it, like it it should be. It could be a very quick game because uh, the train rush is nuts. That said, we did have, when in the game we played, um, I was the only one who didn't have to buy out of pocket. Um, I think Kayla had to buy a diesel, T had to buy a diesel, Mark had to buy um, an, uh, like a six train uh, out of pocket for one of his companies. And, That's a and lot was, of out of pockets. Absolutely, and it was fantastic to see. I just loved it because it was. I saw it and it's like, and the issue is that in, in this I know the last thing I said was the last thing, but this is the true last thing I'll say. Is that uh, <laughs> this is really it? <laughs> this is really it. Is that the my the only thing I'll say about this is that um, I'd like to play the issue of playing with um, uh, with the this group was that 
um, when we bid on the privates, everyone just basically, I, I bid, I bid up one, Kale bid up one, Tia bid up one, and then Mark just started the auction because he won the first, tr- the first bad company. And then I was just looking, oh man. So we you all got these companies way of? too cheap. And then, hold on, Joel. Then he bought yeah. the, the B&O equivalent <laughs> that nobody ever buys because it's, it's toxic. It's, it's the, considered the worst company in the game. And he bought it for, on purpose. And then it floated initially too. So he, it was just awful, awful, awful. And he, he did better than you should have, frankly. But uh, it was... This is our friend Mark Hines. And I'm going to call him out on one thing here. And that is we used to play code names. And he, you know, code names is a team game, so everybody's working together and making these decisions. Yeah, he was infamous for always just touching it. on our turn, <laughs> saying "wild card," <laughs> <Just hit me>. <laughs> <laughs> which I loved it, but at the same time, it was like kind of letting his side down a bit. I know, and I want to be very clear here that it it was very fun, and you know, it it saved a bunch of time on what could have been a protracted. Uh, initial auction but and and the difficulty is too when you don't play the games enough and i'm not saying i know the the relative values of these companies because it is an 1830 and even 1830 like i don't i have a general idea of what the company should go for and shouldn't go for but in this case it did feel kind of like uh we're all here just we're just having fun we're doing a lot of talking too and we have to be playing a game at the same time that's a little heavier than normal so i had i had no problem with it and and it was all everything was a-okay but uh in general i think if that was the type of game, if for example, if we were playing that game online with some of the people You're I know, they would Claire have Clearclaw would have restarted, or he would never have played because he just walked out and never spoke to any of you again. <laughs> just, just block you on the internet for that one, but uh, yeah. Anyway, that was eighteen eighty two. At least you know, like you criticize that kind of move, but it's it's something that gets the thing moving. You know. Yes. Yes. There yes, we go. Games. Absolutely. We're ready to start. Ready yep. to lay some track. And you know what? It leads to an interesting game insofar as that everyone's got extra capital that you weren't expecting, except for yep. Mark. And uh, <laughs> Poor broke Mark. That lets you, you know, float some companies. Even though I think Kayla didn't float a company, and I don't think Tia floated a company. I think, I don't know, whatever. The point is just that it, it, it added a neat, it, it added a different like uh, take on the game. And Tell that's, me this though, like, how many would this would be like your 8th or ninth 18xx, I think? Uh, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's it's one of them. What does 1882, aside from like being quick and uh, sort of... Uh, I think I know where you're going with this. Small and tight. What does 1882 have that the other ones don't? Well, you've, you've already summed it up. It's faster, it's smaller, it's tighter. I like the theme. It, like, it if almost it's, has less in a way. Yeah, it, but it's... We talk about less is more, and it, a lot of the Lonnie games, the Lonnie, the 00 uh, 18xx is in my opinion, are infamous for being too chromey, and they they add too many features that don't, I think, it, they're for the real hardcore types that, you know, are looking for more, you know, just a different, like, oh, I mixed some coke with my fentanyl today, and it's that I wanted something that does a, does what I, that takes, basically, it's taking 18, 1830, which is I find is too long, and... Uh, because we nobody ever goes bankrupt when we play it, so it takes 1830 and basically forces it, the game to be faster, and that's through the combination of all those other. So mechanically, it's 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 interesting. Thematically, it's interesting. Um, and what else can you ask for? It'd be kind of like saying, well, what does this? Because I I know I complain about 
I complain about the latest Euro being yet another worker placement with with tracks that go up, <laughs> yeah. and and I and I literally am obsessed. Another point salad. Another point salad. Another blah blah blah. But I still maintain that even the weakest 18xx I've played um, still outshines the the what the 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 a mi- uh, an okay euro on the best of days because i'm still way more engaged and interested in what's yeah. going on and that's that's why so it's all about the different little i like the different areas i like the different tiles i like the different mechanics so essentially it's just they all they all play different games even though they're all it's like i guess you're just in a simpler way to be saying it's it's like a, a worker placement game that's just but it does everything you understand how worker placement works but the game itself is is totally different in a way that's refreshing. That's fair. Totally different. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> totally different. Totally uh, different. St- still a stock market. St- what is this? Full cap. Full cap. Full cap. Full cap. Still full. And the other thing too um, is that it sounds like all aboard games. I don't. I hope they're not in trouble because they they oh, they're in kind trouble. Of, these cryptic postings about how they're not reprinting certain things ever again, and it makes you kind of start to sweat a bit about <laughs> making sure you get them before they disappear. <laughs> That's part of the reason why um, Joel helped me acquire a copy of 18 Chesapeake, and uh, because right. uh, 18 Chess, even though I don't want it, like that's a true intro game because I think it's very soft and gentle. But what you can do is take 18 Chess and lay it on top of 1882. And you turn it into a game that's uh, supposedly bonkers. And they even sold a mod for it called 18 Chesapeake Off the Rails, which is uh, something I hope to be playing uh, ideally with Joel in about a week. Um, but uh, is kind of a bonkers, someone's going to go bankrupt type of uh, Wabash <laughs> Cannonball type game. So we'll see. Nice. Well, I'll talk about simplifying uh, long, complex games. Uh, if only somebody would do that with Seth, right? Like makes me a little nervous because I don't know if you saw Flo's recent post, but he said something like, "We're working on a lot of new versions of Civilization." And yeah, I'll believe when I see it. More fun. more updates later. Well, but look, you know well, what? If they did, if they do anything like they did with Eastern Empires, I'm not worried in the slightest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm look. Joel and I will have a lot more to say on this subject when uh, both of us have more free time, and I, I swear it's coming. I, I swear it's coming. It's just a matter of us sitting down and getting it going because i've been thinking about a lot lately too believe me so i've been doing doing seances and i have to say that uh francis is has our we have francis's blessing oh do we oh okay he uh actually you know what let's skip the musical break we're we're doing fine here i don't need to split things up we're just gonna keep moving here i'm gonna avoid it i'll save the stuff for when (laughs) conversation is slower how about that uh all right so uh we talk about Ruzar, talk about Baldur's Gate, talk about <clears throat> Bloodborne, 1882. Um, this will be the time we're going to move into, I think we'll do a, a post-D&D chat with Joel, because we did get to play last weekend. Um, a Strahd update. A Strahd, Curse of Strahd update, and uh, I'll just set the table and Joel can kind of describe what happened and what his impressions were. Uh, so the 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 party had just finished uh, running away from the hags at the windmill, and they had made it to the town of Valaki, and they were at the gates when the, the session ended. Very appropriate place to call it. And that's where things started. So Joel, uh, tell us what happened and what you thought of the session. 
Okay, here's my update from the player's perspective. Um, unlike most sessions, I would say that this uh, week, our party more or less did things by the book. You know, we were directed in certain... Well, <laughs> maybe not at the end, actually, the more I think about it. But, you know, we, we were more or less directed to certain areas of town in this new place. Uh, remind me the name of it again? Vallaki. Vallaki! Yeah, so we show up at Vallaki, and luckily we've got this nice uh, sort of Barovia royalty-type girl that we escorted there from the other town. And so they let us in. And they lay down the rules. It's kind of like Duloc in Shrek. You know, yep. the, the I haven't classic. seen Shrek in forever. You <laughs> the little dolls and they lay down, you know, don't walk on the grass, this and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we get this announcement from one of the guards. He says, you know, just so you know, and not in a friendly way like I'm saying, but uh, you're not allowed to say the word strawed here. And uh, you'll be severely punished if you do. And then s- several other rules that I quickly forgot. <laughs> uh, oh, but uh, there are festivals, frequent fresh festivals, and they are mandatory. You you can either leave, go to jail, or come to the party. <laughs> as you so um, obviously, um, everyone has their feelings about the festival um, in town, but they're not allowed to besmirch the name of the the Baron. Who's there's an actual baron here <laughs> who's running things, and uh, they're definitely not allowed to talk about uh, Bruno. Uh, so we go into town. We uh, first thing we did was go to a church because somebody wanted oh, the uh, arena, uh, yes, arena wanted to go to the church. Arena wanted to go to the church. That's where she was going to claim sanctuary, try to escape the clutches of uh, Strahd, who's got the hots for um, And didn't work. Uh, somebody stole the bones. <laughs> somebody. <laughs> where are the bones? Where are they? <laughs> so we, we basically uh, we get sent on a quest to find out what happened to these missing bones of a saint. Because if we get the missing bones of the saint back, maybe Arena will be able to stay in the church without um, without uh, well, be, she'll be safe there. So we're sent off. Uh, we get a lead at the orphanage to go talk to a boy. The boy is sick. He's unconscious. He's no good. But everybody else in the orphanage is talking about another boy named Felix. So we're like, we better figure out what's going on with him. And he was possessed by a shadow demon. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> classic child possessed by shadow demon stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we messed him up, managed to, to liberate the boy from his, uh, it was kind of a sad story because, you know, he's he's been sent to this orphanage because his parents died. He found it. His parents died because the shadow demon killed him. It was this whole thing. Uh, and it was kind of sad. But we saved him. We saved the boy that was unconscious. The boy that was unconscious gave us another lead, which was some uh, coffin maker who's uh, also refused to do his job lately. Uh, was the one that he sold the bones to. So we got to go mess that guy up. But on, the, on our way out of the orphanage, we were told, hey, just so you know, 
people have been noticing you in town. They think you're awesome and they want to talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) This is exactly what I was saying. This is where things really start to go south because this was fun. This was something else. <laughs> we go there, and they're all like, "Hey, we're part of a secret, you know, resistance. We'd love you to join us. Uh, we can say Strahd anytime we want. Strahd, 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 Strahd." And we're like, "Yeah, we like Sans Strahd. You like Sans Strahd. We're buddies." <laughs> uh, and they were like, "Okay." You can do anything you want. We're going to let you stay here for free. You can have all the food you want. You know, we'll, uh, we'll give you all these fancy liquors. Just don't go in the basement. <laughs> so what do you guys think happened? Uh, I went to bed. Another party member went to bed. A third party member went to bed. And since we were, you know, at full strength and everything, the other two party members <laughs> decided to go investigate the basement. Long story short, there was a whole bunch of cultists down there. They kidnapped us. They woke me up. I was still at one health because I hadn't got a rest. I got knocked out. I almost got sacrificed. <gasps> and then they beat the boss of the bad guys, and they turned and decided, oh, we were going to we follow you all along because you're strong. And then I was like, no, I don't think so. You knocked me out. I'm going to burn this place to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> It's Joel skipping a couple of steps here where Curtis got a critical hit on the... Yes, that was very the, cool. And then he he rolled another 20 right after that. And at that point, I was just like, you know, whatever, just, just explode. The, <laughs> Do what thou wilt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so he, he exploded the, the cult leader and then the cultists all recognized his glory. And then after that, Joel... This is when Joel decided to lock them in the basement and burn them to death. Yes. <laughs> Except he was stuck down there too. Yeah, Alex was, but it serves yeah. him right. Um, <laughs> yeah, um turns out uh Candlewick Dorcia McKenzie is is pretty vengeful. No kidding. Uh and yeah, so the the place uh, uh burns to the ground. And there's a little bit of looting that goes on, which I was happy about, because otherwise I'd have to uh, rethink some things. And uh, and then we ended it there with uh, with uh, the the captain of the guard essentially uh, showing up and demanding to know what's going on. Meanwhile, Candlewick has run to the bar or the inn, so I have to remember that part. <laughs> I'm just sitting there having a drink, having a drink. Uh, so I mean. Yes. I, I want to ask you questions about that, the nature of those people, but I, I don't want to because I, I want to keep playing it like blind. So, yeah, we can we can talk about it after this uh, little segment's done. I think because um, it, the only thing I will say is that um, the one of the main issues with the the module is that doing it vanilla, you guys could blast through Velaki very very quickly, and there's a lot going on there. And things could be resolved way too quickly that it just kind of feels kind of anticlimactic. So the what I'll say is that the the orphanage section with the shadow demon is all uh, extracurricular or extra added content, which optional. I thought was it's all optional, and I think it's good. And I even tweaked the shadow demon because the fight itself was just a one v five, and I thought to hell with that. It's yeah, that's, that's what I said to you last week. That's great. 
So I, I added uh, a bunch of miniature shadow demons and yeah. the ability to kind of like blink or uh, to kind of go into the ethereal realm because I think that's more interesting because, again, yeah. you don't want to turn to a TPK, but you want it so interesting that people actually feel like they're being threatened by other objects. And, and you know what? The more I think about it, the more it's just like if there's ever if you're ever in doubt, just throw more monsters. <laughs> just do yeah. it. It doesn't. That was a fantastic fight, and that's part of the reason why was because we we were struggling with sort of like who do we attack you know things weren't for sure all over the place great i loved it jack oh thank you um the other thing too is that the and i'll, I'll get into this more detail after we finish the the, the area that because uh, there's there's a lot more to talk about but the um the 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 intrigue stuff can go in a lot of different directions, and you guys took it in the one direction I was not expecting <laughs> completely, which is totally burning the place to the ground. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see where we go from here. But uh, it, it's there's there's a lot of good content here, and I'm excited to see what you guys end up doing because I'm I'm having a, a really fun time doing this, and I just again I it's I'm not fishing for um for anything beyond just I just hope. I sincerely hope people are engaged. That's all I ask. That uh, because it is it, it, sometimes you think like, oh, am I, am I dragging this out or is, like? Because unfortunately, and this is what I worry about. There's a lot of role play because I don't like throwing random fights at people without a purpose. But I understand that I have a problem with just having lots of. Um, it feels like you're just taffing about doing stuff. So I make a conscious effort try to give people roles here and there and try to create some fights, but. I don't know. I, I think sometimes I lean too far to the uh, to the lack of combat. So I, I, I felt good that at least there were some fights, and I was worried that it was going to turn into a TPK in the basement of the the yeah. the cultist. So like you, well, when you I look would... at their stat block, they they do a lot. They can they're level four casters, Joel. So Woo. yikes! Or yeah, level was... three casters. It's they can do a lot of stuff. So a lot of guys down there and yeah. it was kind of like just two people and they uh, they got caught i thought they were just going to get attacked but they somehow found their way out of it until i got involved <laughs> yeah so it was it was okay. same time Everything i appreciate was... that they didn't just sacrifice me and actually turned on them eventually you know it, otherwise you know i thought that felt felt reasonable that uh, either they were so terrified or like when they when their leader just explodes and gore with some edgy rogue attack you think uh, you know what maybe we've been following the wrong person so yeah. I think that's how it works it's a quick, good quick way to end it too because obviously it was like okay here we go into this long drawn out fight where the people have rested enemy is already dead oh yeah. yeah it was gonna be brutal I had maybe two or three spells left but anyway that's I where mean, we I, are and, uh, sorry please I was, besides having two or three spells left i think i was unconscious so <laughs> yeah true true and but mark did something where he did heal you back to oh yeah that's you, right. he brought you back up which i which i was happy you did because i was feeling bad for you that i i didn't i wasn't picking on you joel but you did the the I, they had to go after you because you you I ran your mouth about a little b word yeah you called them out and they they were they, they well, think positively of... <laughs> yeah, the, the, well, that was my little test, you know? It was like, where do your <laughs> allegiances lie, you yeah. scum? I think Turns I played out. it a little obvious, but whatever. <laughs> well, no, it wasn't. And honestly, I thought they were sort of this, like, liberation team. They were talking about the true monsters are in the town and everything else. I honestly thought they were, like, looking legit. But then when I saw the cultists in the basement and they defended Strahd, I was like, you know what? Screw you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know anything about what's going on here but i don't like you guys either so it's it's fine 
Yeah. I'll take my chances with the Baron that no one likes. <laughs> I haven't met him and he's a dick, but you know, at least he's got to be better than you, right? Exactly. All right. We'll end it here. Uh, thank you for listening to Android Dungeon, CFRU 93 FM. Check us out on Twitter at uh, 80 Radio CFRU. Shoot us an email at droiddungeonradio at gmail.com. Go to the Guelph Board Gaming Facebook group. Even if you're not in Guelph, as long as you don't look like you're an obvious spammer, from like Dubai or Bangladesh, just like inserting yourself <laughs> into the group, you can get in. It's fine. There's been a lot just... of people posting like, anybody want a job from midnight to seven? We... <laughs> Do I? Like, uh, you're getting blocked. Yeah, you're toast. You're you're out of here. Bring in the ban hammer. The ban it, it deserves to be swung as hard as possible because that's it's obviously bot spam activity. And last thing is you can check us out all the previous episodes on CFRU.ca's archive page. And we're, we're beginning, we have a st- two week in a row streak on Anchor. So that stuff should be all uh, uploaded uh, as of tonight. So hopefully we'll have uh, a bit more content. There's going to be a lack of D&D for about two weeks here because we're going to try to reset because uh, Joel's wife has uh, a call schedule. Yeah. and so he's not uh, playing with an infant. Yeah, it's it's not the worst, but at least hopefully we can everyone can focus and <laughs> uh, and hopefully we don't lose all momentum and uh, and eventually everyone just starts canceling one after the other and that's how it ends. So we'll see what happens. But until next time, I'm Jack. I'm Joel. Thanks for listening. Bye bye.